Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Unrealized Purpose podcast. Um, my name is Isaac Wooden, here with Dalton Howell and Trajesh um, from Fan Daily Coaching. He's been on our show, like, I think this is the fourth episode. Um, yeah, this is the fourth episode. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome to have him on. Like, uh, layers and layers of knowledge to this guy over here. Well, I think the three of us, the three of us come together. And as we come together, we all bring out different viewpoints to the same thing. So it's awesome. Thank you for having me again, Isaac and Dalton. Um, so yeah, so today we want to discuss positivity, growth mindset, and you know, mindfulness in today's world, which kind of like is, leads right into my first question and kind of where I wanted to dis- discuss a little bit. But like, how do you like maintain mental clarity in a world that is living at light speed? with technology and now AI being so just powerful and advertisers all over the place. Like, do you have a process for shutting out the noise so you can focus on, on what's important? Yeah, what, what a great question, Isaac. And, and what a great way to start the whole conversation. Um, the world today is, is, is crazy. What we did yesterday has changed dramatically, you know? So like you see for AI, you go to bed, you wake up in the morning, there's a new AI tool and there's a new way of doing yeah. something, there's a new way of doing things. And the problem, the problem that I see, not the problem, I think what's happening in the world is we just chase all the shiny things. You know, the next day you wake up and, oh, this is pretty cool, that's pretty cool. And what happens is because we keep chasing all the shiny things, we actually forget about our purpose of why we're doing whatever we're doing. So if you think about, if you think about the way the world's getting at the moment, we, if we try and do everything, we end up doing nothing. So what's happening is I was talking to somebody yesterday and he, he said to me, he doesn't use any social media at the moment. And I asked him why. And he said, because what's happened is he's found that the brain is a, the brain is amazing, right? So with the brain, with every time you go into any social media reels or TikToks or whatever, you get a dopamine hit all the time. So your brain is just being activated to get the dopamine all the time instead of the delayed gratification. So what we're doing now is because we become so used to the, the instant dopamine hits, we're training our brain not to even think about the, the, the delayed gratification. So an example for Isaac, you're a clear example of this here, you know, the, the delayed gratification of you working out. You know, you could just wake up in the morning and go, cool, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to get dopamine by doing, doing um, I don't know, two press-ups or whatever, and not worry about going to the gym, driving to the gym all the way there, sort of drama, got to get out there. The gratification after your hard workout is much better. So it's your, it's your clarity around that, your purpose is I want to get, I want this here. So in today's world, what is happening is too many shiny things all over the place, and we forget about our why. And we also, the other thing is we also try and find shortcuts. Shortcuts to do everything. So, you know, getting back to today's gratification. So, you know, if you jump online, you see, oh, earn, earn 10K in three months, and, you know, become a millionaire in, in three weeks' time. And we all know that doesn't happen, but we're trying to find ways to do that there. And if you ask someone who's done that and has done the hard graft, no one's going to say, and a million dollars in two months because they go actually i've got to do the work we keep chasing you know we keep chasing so that's my thoughts on where we're going to start this conversation i think and i'd love your your thoughts on that there yeah i love i love where you where you took that where you said like you are always chasing the shiny thing and social media is such a good example of that because generally i i use social media to do read client content research see what's working and then sometimes to just be entertained, the interesting thing is 
there'll be some really, really good ideas in a reel. Like I heard this quote by Nietzsche, Nietzsche, Nietzsche however you say his name. And I, I just like sat there and listened to it and listened to it over and over again. This just one reel. But what I've caught myself doing before is I'll find something that's just, I need to have just sat with that idea and pondered it. But since it's the format of swiping and swiping and swiping, I'll catch myself just swiping on by it and then forgetting completely about that thought and that idea. I think the issue was I just wasn't being intentional with that. With social media, there's so many shiny things, so many shiny ideas and new new ways of looking at things that we forget that the old old way of doing things still works. Like like yes. you said, get ten earn ten K in three in a month. That that shiny object syndrome that we love to chase. Yeah, and and again, and I love I love the word that you said that you know I, I spoke about your why, but it's also your why is basically your intention. Why are you doing whatever you're doing, and what is the purpose? So you know, yeah, we all jump online, we all do the scrolling, but then if you go with an intention, I'm jumping online because I'm, I'm jumping on for ten minutes for entertainment. Cool, done. I know I'm here for ten minutes. This is it. I'm jumping online with an intention to find stuff, and if you have an intention, that's going to help with your clarity. But again. It's going to come back to discipline, right? If you don't have the discipline, that goes out the window straight away. It's easy to say things. It's hard to do things. Right. Yeah. I guess that goes back to your why and why you're on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I guess if I didn't have any real reason to be on social media, I'd probably direct the app because it's such a distraction. <laughs> uh, sorry, good job. Don't know what you're saying. Oh, no, you're all good. No, I was just thinking that same thing. It, it can definitely be a distraction and and sidetrack you and stop you from doing things that you actually need to be doing. I, me personally, I think we've all done it, but I, I started noticing how much time I spent on it. And so what I did to kind of reduce my limit, because the majority of what I did before was it was just for entertainment. And so which there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but too much entertainment can be overload. Um, and so what I would do is I would limit my time on it. And you can actually, on your phone, you can actually set up and let it send you a message at the end of the month or at the end of the week. And it'll tell you how much time you've spent on your social media apps. And so that's also a great tool to use if you're struggling with that to be able to limit uh what your intake is that's that's yeah. true that's so true but i like this analogy with you know back to back to clarity and you know the analogy i'm going to use is um you know at the moment in new zealand it's snowing and it's miserable and uh recently we've had lots of lots of fog so if you think about clarity it's trying to try to navigate through a dense fog and you have no idea what your surroundings are and as you keep going through you stumbling you hesitation you have not you're not uh, not sure which direction to go you're just, you're just walking walk one direction or another direction but this lack of clarity what does it do to you is you feel disorientated you start feeling anxious and then you're making decisions that are just based on what if on, on a perception as opposed to reality and if you think about that in the modern world what is happening with us is whether it's social media whether it's the internet whether it's the news whether it's people you're just getting bombarded with so much information and lots of opinions and opinions these days are seem to be facts versus opinions lots of distractions what that happens is because we have all the stuff happening to us, we forget about clarity. And what does clarity mean in the sense? It means it's basically we have to try and 
cut through all the noise and the confusion, which basically allows us to make sense of what's happening around us so we can make informed choices. And at the moment, we don't have that because we just, like we said before, we just chase, we're just chasing. So we're in this cloud here of all this stuff here and we just chase, chase, chase you want to stop them to go, wait a minute, let's set some objectives, let's set some steps, let's set some ideas of what we want to do and let's try and stay focused in amongst all this here. That's just the thought that I had. The, the clarity thing for me is so powerful because like like a couple of weeks ago, I was just like really struggling with where I wanted, what direction I wanted to take things. And just sitting down, writing out and just listening to myself and writing out a plan and, you know, getting in touch with where I want to be at was so helpful because then after I got that clarity, I then got the motivation and then, you know, 5 a.m.s were not a problem. Going to the gym for an hour was not a problem because I had that clarity. Um, I'm curious, what are your guys' process for finding that mental clarity to, you know, for, for your goals or, or for just whatever? Don't you go ahead first and I'll follow up. Putting it in words is, is hard for me. Um, but, uh, I kind of just uh, decide, you know, okay, this is what I want. So this is, here's some things that I have to do. Um, one of the things that we talked about a while back was, uh, was investing. Um, you know, I kept asking myself, why am I not investing? And so one, it was fear that was stopping me. But my goal was, is I want to be able to, you know, hop on my phone, invest and be able to make money off the stock market. And so, you know, there's a few things that you have to do. Um, there's a lot of things that you have to do. One is you got to know something about the companies that you're, you know, going into. But but before I even had to get to that, I had to acknowledge, okay, what? why am I getting started? Um, and I think one of the big things was just fear of losing and uncertain because you're not good at it, you know. And so that's that's kind of number one for me was just getting over that fear was the first step. Uh, for me to start being able to lay out, you know, how much money am I going to put towards this? And then uh, kind of setting out um, aside what, what I'm going to, what energy I'm going to put into it, I guess. I, I love that because both of you mentioned something that is, that is pretty important before we do anything with clarity is self-awareness. You know, I think we don't, we forget about the self-awareness piece where we go, actually, let me stop for a second and actually take self-awareness and to admit that, Hey, I am scared to admit that, hey, I don't know what I want to do, just to stop and go, as opposed to always going, oh, I should be doing this here, I should be doing this here, I'm not doing it just, I'm just going to procrastinate. And the self-awareness piece comes before the clarity. Once you become self-aware of why you're not doing it, then it's going to help with the clarity. So I think what happens a lot of times is we create this clarity here, but we don't actually address the fact as to why we're not doing it. And this is this is a key thing that, this is why coaches are important, you know, whichever space you're working in, because any one of us in our lives can invest can lose weight, can can do any of the things here. We can do all that kind of stuff there, but why can eat healthy? But why don't we do it? We don't do it because we're not self-aware. We're not self-aware for why we're not doing it. So back to your question. Sorry, I just went up a detour there. Back to your question. Uh, and my example was adult, um, Isaac, you know, when we first started having a chat, it's about, you know, my coaching niche. And it took me a long time to come to the coaching niche. You know, when we first first started two years ago when we first connected to get that coach coaching niche it took a long time because I had to I was trying to think about oh, chasing just chasing big, big, big stuff until I stopped to go actually what actually do I want to do 
what what is my strengths before I can serve others. So to do that, I had to go through a process of writing things out, like you, like you both said, writing things out, talking to people, but also talking to others to get their input and go, hey, where do you think, what do you think I'm good at winning and better? Because sometimes we get so caught in our own mind that we forget to ask people that are around us to post us what our strengths and weaknesses are. And then once I did that, then I was able to just find, okay, this is the area that I like to go down and focus on that way there. And we're all human. We get distracted. You know, we find shiny things. We go, oh, cool. I'm seeing this. This is working. But, you know, you just got to stop and go, right, cool. These are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. Acknowledge the weaknesses and go, right, cool. Am I going to do anything about my weakness? Or am I going to go, cool, this is not never going to work for me. So I'm just going to put that aside and just focus on my strengths. Why, why I say that too is because, you know, we've been conditioned to believe that, oh, you need to focus on your weaknesses and make them strong. But sometimes I argue with go, actually, wait a minute. Sometimes our weaknesses, they're, they're weak for a reason. So we go, right, cool. Let me think about the reason. And if am I spending all this energy trying to strengthen this here and I'm taking time with my strength? So do we go, right, cool. My weakness is actually a reason for it being weak. It's not helping me get to my further goal. Step aside. Help someone who knows your strengths. So for example, you know, if I go, hey, my content managing stuff, that's not my jam. I'm going to find someone who knows that jam there, who knows how to do it, as opposed to wasting my time. I could spend time getting it there, but am I taking time away from this here? So, you know, it's just about becoming aware of what your strengths and weaknesses are and where do you want to spend your energy on. And that that brings clarity as well. Yeah, is that self-awareness is so big, yeah. And like your example with the coaching is because we hire coaches to help us with finding and probing into those like areas that we are not aware that we're lacking. And like for me, it was, I, uh, I didn't have the accountability to tell me to get get to the gym for the first little bit, so I hired a coach and he texts me frequently. You know, did you go to the gym today? And if he did, if I didn't, you know, I was going to get that text back that was like, "Where are you at?" And um, that really helped me build that habit. So, yeah, you know, finding that self awareness and then being like, "Yeah, I'm lacking the accountability. I need to hire a coach to keep me accountable." was just was huge for me so i think for some people like that like coaching can come can come a little bit later um definitely it's it's definitely important um and it's i mean if you start that way i think you'll actually make better progress but for some people you know it's like well do i have the money or do i have you know the friends or the people around me that i can that i can rely on to help me it's like maybe you might not have that um and so uh, Jordan Peterson, I, he put it, he put it this way of starting something new is like, you know, you're, you're scared and you're afraid and you should be, but you should be more afraid of not starting at all because then you're for certain that you'll fail, that you won't make any progress at all. And so I think just starting and going after it and just trying different ways to start, um, until you can be able to, you know, get a coach or you find someone that knows about it. I'm I'm kind of thinking of that. Uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, watched that movie. Uh, it's got Will Smith in it. Um, Life. Uh, it's called The Pursuit of Happiness. He doesn't really know exactly what he's doing. He's just kind of going through life. He bought all this equipment, and he's having a tough time selling it. He thought he was going to sell them all. Um, he eventually does, but like at the end of the movie, he becomes a stockbroker. <laughs> it's like, whoa. It's like you went to, from selling medical equipment to becoming a, a broker. Um, and he kind of just decided 
And I mean, he lived a pretty rough life. It, it looked like, or at least in the movie he does. Um, but, uh, I think just starting, um, and you know, pushing to your max and being willing to sacrifice. Um, but anyways, kind of thought there. One of my favorite sayings is, um, done is better than perfect. And so, you know, like you said, Dalton, um, if you just live in your head, you're never going to know what's going to happen, right? You can hypothesize and, you know, if you use um, the, the pursuit of happiness story, he just did it. He just went and did it. It wasn't the right way to doing it, but as he went on doing things, he learned about different ways of doing it. And, you know, I think that's from from failure. We all know this from failure we learn. But the problem is, the problem, I think, is goes back to our initial conversation, our initial question is, when we look at the world, we don't see failure. We, we are projected all these things that don't show failure. They just show perfection the whole time. So our brains are going, all right, cool, hey, everything is perfect the whole time. There's no one, no one's failing. No no one shows the, the failure that, oh, actually, I didn't. I lost I lost $10,000. I didn't make $10,000. It took me a long time to get that. Or, hey, I struggled to go to the gym. I, you know, it, took, it took me hours and hours. You know, those stories are not out there because those stories don't sell. You know, no, they don't sell. They're, they're not. So you go, right, cool. I just see perfection the whole time. But if you see the progress along the way, the amount of failure along the way, and then sometimes you know the way the failure failure has been portrayed in social media is that the failure is is um the failure is done in such a way that it's, it's got to be super super failure. It can't just be like oh I don't get up in the morning. I don't get up this morning. That's that's a fail for you in your life. But it has to be something really drastic. Oh, somebody passed away. You got diagnosed. So you go okay. Oh, I don't get up. That's not really a fail. But it is a fail into your progress. So, um, you know, again, it goes back to awareness of what's your failure, what for you is failure for you is different to what failure is for me. But again, back to what Dalton said is if you don't start, you don't fail. If you don't fail, you don't learn. Yeah. And then I think that that's a good way to pivot into my next like discussion here is like, I, I know we've probably have talked about this in past episodes, but consistency is a, is a pretty big thing for me. And it, people keep people keep telling me like, dude, you're so consistent. I'm like, okay, I wasn't like okay, but I'm just curious, like, like, well, how do you guys build these new habits? How do you guys build that momentum? One thing, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about it. You know, one thing for me when you say, how do you build that consistency? Um. A lot, a lot for me is, is kind of defined, it, it kind of goes deep for me is for like, what's, well, what's your character, Dalton? Is your character that you can't show up on time? Is your character that you can't be relied on? Is your character that you can't have any responsibilities? And kind of, so in my mind, it's like, how do you build consistency in, in my head, it's like, well, if you, I think it's just kind of a decision that you have to make. Well, I'm, if you really want it and you want to do it, you're going to do it. And so if you're not staying consistent with it, I think I would start questioning, is this something I really want to do? Because for, for me, you know, um, just the two things, two things, in, or well, I should say three things in my life that are super consistent, uh, that I'm very consistent with. And I'm, I'm working on a fourth one right now. Uh, but, uh, one is, uh, is, is the, all the functions, uh, that I do at my church. 
It's like all of the slides that I create, all the versus the time and the process it takes to put everything together. And I didn't know how to do any of that just a year and a half ago, but I wanted to do it. And the reason I wanted to do it is because I wanted to take something off of somebody else's plate to see our church grow. And for our church to grow, people were being overworked and I wasn't doing enough and I knew that I could do more. And my original goal was, hey, I want to get to this church and I want to make it grow. And so that was one way of being able to take a burden off of somebody else. And so it kind of shows that, hey, I'm in this for the long run. I want this. I want this to work and move. And I think that's one key thing is you really have to want it. Um, the other one is, you know, you know, your job, which, you know, your job is kind of essential to everything else you do. You know, you've got to be consistent with it. If you're not consistent with it, um, you know, it's you're not going to make an income for for you to do everything that you want to do. Um, so, you know, there's definitely one thing in our life that we have to be consistent with. And and I think most people actually don't like their jobs, um, which is kind of funny. Um, so it's like other things that you're not consistent with that you don't like. It's like, well, it's good for you. Maybe that's just it. Maybe you don't like it. Do it anyway. That's kind of something nobody really likes. I should say pain, you know, working out, going to the gym is painful. Um, you're, you're weakening yourself to make yourself stronger. You're using your muscles and, and you're, you're wearing yourself out. So, you know, it's nothing's easy. Um, consistency isn't easy. It's going to take time. And I think it's just you, you fail, you get back up and you keep trying and trying over and over again. Um, and then maybe there should be a time you come and realize, Hey, maybe this isn't what I want to do. And so you take a few steps back, but I'm, I'm talking a lot. Uh, I'll let one of you guys kind of huff on with that for Jesh, What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I think, um, I think it all comes down to what we said at the start is your why, your intention, why, why you do whatever you want to do. You know, like you said, Dalton is, you know, for you. And at the church, your why was, hey, I wanted to do a lot more. I want my church to grow. If you don't have that, you wouldn't do that. They wrote, whatever. Who cares? Someone else can do it. You know, someone else can do that. I'm not going to worry about the slides here. It's not my jam. My jam is doing other things here. But your why is what gets you to become consistent. You know, when we go to work, you're, you're, you go to work depending on what your job is, right? So if you love your job, you go to work because I love my job and off I go. Or you might go, actually, I don't like my job, but I'm doing this because I need to be able to pay the mortgage you'll be able to provide for XYZ. And I think if you have your why really strong, then you start becoming consistent. Conversely, also, you've got to think about consistency always being, not always being good. Sometimes consistency is bad. So for example, an example, an example could be smoking. And you smoke every time at, at, at morning tea, right? And some people do that there. That's a consistent behavior. But then why are you doing that? And you're stopping, you go, why am I doing this here? Oh, because I really enjoy it. And is it, what, are the, what are the outcomes? Are they positive or negative? Oh, I'm going to get sick. Okay, cool. So you comes down to intention, awareness, and also why you want to do it. But why is why is consistency important? You know, whether it's positive or negative, why is it important? And I think it's important, you know, as we, we speak about this many, many times, because if you're consistent, you're going to start seeing progress and results. So what does that mean? That means if you if you just go to the gym or if you go to the gym once a week or you invest maybe once every six months or you, you know, if you do things that are not very consistent, you're going to see no results. And when you see no results, you are 
not gonna, you're going to go, oh, this is not working here. But if you, like I ask you, if you, go to, if you wake up every day at 5 o'clock in the morning, go to the gym, you won't see a result straight away, but in six months' time, you'll see a result. A bit like when we jumped into the podcast before we started recording, I said to Isaac, hey, Isaac, I'm noticing a physical change in you. And that doesn't come from an overnight going to the gym once every six weeks. It's from the consistency, right? The other thing about consistency, for those of you listening out there, is when you're consistent, you're going to start developing a skill. So, like we said just before, is when you start, you might not know anything. And Dalton, you said when you started, you had no idea. You just started creating stuff. Each week, as you said, it, you started developing your skill, which is going to get you better. But if you're not consistent, you know, if you do it once and you do it six months later, you're still going to be in the same, same spot. Number three, I think the importance of consistency is it's going to help you start building your habits. You know, waking up in the morning at five o'clock, Isaac, I'm pretty sure it's really hard to do it. But as you start to eat every single day, you start forming a habit because of your why. Um, another, another reason for consistency is because, again, what you said, Isaac, is you said about uh, accountability. When you start being consistent, at the start, your accountability comes from a coach or for a trainer. But as you start becoming consistent, consistent, the accountability comes from yourself. Because you start letting yourself down and go, actually, I'm not doing, I'm not investing. I'm not going to the church. I'm not going to the gym. I'm not eating healthy. It's for you as opposed to someone telling you. But at the start, you will need a coach to get you into that framework. Um, and as you said, Isaac, your first question was consistency leads to momentum and motivation. So if you're consistent, you're going to have this momentum, which is going to help you. Help, I, we use the word motivation, but I think motivation is, is fickle, but momentum is probably more important than, than motivation. So yeah, and I think the, other, the last, last reason why I think consistency is important is when you're consistent, is um, it's a long-term thing. So, you know, if you're consistent for, say, for, for six months in a year and you get sick or you get injured and something happens to you or you go on a holiday, when you restart again, you know where you're starting from. You've got you've got a point. But if you are, if you go to the gym once a month, if you invest once every six weeks, if you eat healthy once once a week, when you go off the bandwagon, there's nothing for your body to come back to. And we all know the power of muscle memory. You know, so if we're consistent in whatever we do, whether it's muscle memory or feeling of gratification, consistency can lead to that there. So um, I'm just been hopping on and hopping on about that. But this is why I think consistency is very important, but it all becomes important about your intention, why you do whatever you want to do. And that's my, my two cents of consistency. I wanted to ask you a question real quick while we're on that. Um, I, I think you said it before. How long does it create, how long does it take to create a habit? That's, that's such a great question. And I think there's so much, <laughs> there's, there's tons of, some different numbers, right? There's 21 days, there's 61 days, there's 90 days. Um, I just go, my my thing is don't worry about those things. It's when it's when you start doing those things there and then the day you don't do that, you feel pretty terrible, that's when you know you started creating a habit. You know, so if you do it for mm. five days and day six, you go, I actually feel terrible because I think what happens is if we go, oh, we've got to reach a day 21 and once day 22 comes, you think, oh, it's going to work, but might not work for you we think it's 61 days and you go oh it doesn't work and we just try to again it's aiming for it's we are aiming for a goal but not enjoying the journey along the way but this is my personal opinion and i think that the day that you go actually feel terrible because i missed what we're doing yesterday that's when you realize actually i've started forming a habit yeah that's what i was looking at was i i think i've heard the number 70 days um is what it takes to create a habit but i but yeah, what you just said that makes that makes a whole lot more sense. That you know, you go day by day, and it's that day that when you don't do it, 
you feel you feel weird or you feel like you left something out that you've finally created a, a a consistent consistent steps to get you to your goal yeah i like that that's thank you for that that's that's awesome no worries and i tell you why because i've been i've been in this space for a long time and whoever you listen to is going to tell you different numbers you know we've always been told tw- three weeks then i went to another seminar and they're like 61 days then there were 70 days and it was 91 days and you're like they just put a number the year, right? Nobody, nobody actually knows True. which day it is, right? So it's it's a bit like when someone says, "Oh, we have two million thoughts a day." I was like, "How do you know that? Like, how how do we know that someone has two million thoughts a day? There's no way to measure that there." So, you know, sometimes it all sounds pretty amazing, but you've got to step back and go logically. Wait a minute, I have no idea how many thoughts Isaac is having right now. He could just be sitting there with zero thoughts in his mind. Okay, you know, but but you have no idea, right? So who, you know, so it's just a, a something of as you keep going and you're reading about stuff, you go, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense logically when there's so many different things. Yeah, and I like that too because even when you go to get rid of bad habits, you could probably say the same thing. Because now that I'm thinking about it, like I I I stopped drinking Coca Cola because I was addicted to Coca Cola. I was addicted to soda pop, and. I was like, I, I literally Googled that question was like, how long does it take to get unaddicted to something or how long? And it was like, if you stop doing it for two months, you'll be great. And it was like, okay, awesome. So I took Google's word for it and I hopped on and I didn't drink it for like two months. And then like after it didn't drink it for like two months, it was like the next month I was like, oh, I'm good now. It's like, I can, you know, enjoy one here and there, but I won't, you know, buy a 24 pack and down it in a day. And, but it was like, no, no, it was much more than just two months that I needed to, to stop drinking it and, and then, you know, get myself onto a, you know, okay, enjoy a Coke, like maybe once every, you know, month or once every two weeks. Um, and so, but yeah, I, I, would you say it's the same for getting rid of a habit? It's kind of just like, till you go to the point where you don't, I guess you don't do it and then you feel better about it maybe yeah i, I think I, I agree with you and i think it's habits i mean bad have bad habits or bad consistencies yeah habits are not conducive to your life you know those those are those are interesting because some are deeply ingrained psychologically and some are just you know on the top and i've worked with some clients who who require tons and tons and i know one of the clients took them two months i'm sorry two years to stop a habit but the exact same habit by another client, they got rid of in two weeks. Same thing, but they've been in for a long time. And it, got, it all goes down to, again, back to the why. Why are you stopping or why are you doing whatever you want to do? And when your why trumps everything else, and obviously you need tools and stuff like that, and you need to go through that there, it's going to change the way you look You look at that. Look at whatever you're trying to gain or you're trying to drop. Uh, and I'll give, I'll give you an example, uh, if you don't mind. I had a client of mine who... Um, Ran every single day, ran 5Ks every single day, went for a 10K swim every weekend, and basically did everything correctly. So she, they wanted to lose weight, everything they wanted to do, but they lost zero. They were losing nothing. They were losing nothing when they did all this stuff. And, I was, and so we have to stop and think about the reason behind it, the reason behind why they wanted to do it. And as we got down to the reason why they wanted to do it, the reason they had was a very weak reason. It's, I should, I should be this. And when you think about, oh, I should be this, then that's not going to work right. As we delve deeper into the reason, as we delve deeper for 
for a reason for her to lose the weight, we came down to a health reason and a family reason. And I said, hey, basically came down to, I want to be healthy because I want to be able to run with my children in five years' time. When we got to that versus that I should be healthy because I need to look good or whatever, that person lost 10 kgs within the next six months because the whole change. After doing years and years of just running every day, the why changed the whole story. And we just had that, that's basically, it was just, I think I just would text her, what's your why? What's your why? What's your why? And it just changed the whole thing. I love that. What is your why? Man, you could, you could, you could, you could figure everything out just by asking why over and over again. <laughs> figure yourself out, figure the world's problems out. I think this, this was a pretty cool, uh, tweet by Zach Pogrob. He said, a bad obsession is an act of consumption. A good obsession is an act of creation. Find something that feels selfish, but serves others and the world is yours. And we're talking about consistency and finding your why, you know, your, your obsession could translate into that a little bit where like, I know, I know you had mentioned like, fine, you guys were talking about consistency and if it, if it was a bad thing. So that, that tweet just came to my mind real quick and I had to mention it, but, and I guess, I guess you had mentioned it for Josh where you're like, when you're consistent, you actually start to develop skills or a skill. Like with, with Dalton's case where he wanted to help out, so he started to learn. And now, a year and a half later, he's probably really good at slides at his church. Same same with me. Like I wanted to work remote. <laughs> I'm just about to say. Okay, we'll give you some more time. Yeah. But... <laughs> But I mean, like in my case, I've been on social media for, oh man, just two, two, three years now. And like my looking back at my old, old stuff and looking back at what I'm doing now, I've been, been very consistent at it. And I feel like the quality has just gone up um, because social media related to my why, because I wanted to be. You know, wanted to be have that independence, be able to have a side hustle. Anyway, that's just mental. It's what you guys are talking about. Yeah, no, totally. And you know, really, if we take it away from social media and technology, you know, if you're consistent, let's just say you say, "I'm going to walk half an hour every day." That's all you're going to say. And in and when I talk about skill development, so the first few times you might just walk two kilometers, but as you keep getting, keep walking half an hour every day, you're going to walk maybe two point five, then three in the same time because you are developing your muscles, you're developing things. So it doesn't have to be something super crazy massive. It can just be something super small that you do every single day. And as you keep doing it, you get better and better and better. And you get more and more uh, out of it, if that makes sense. So satisfaction or growth or whatever whatever your, your outcome is. But if you keep doing it every day. But if you don't do it every day, you're never going to see that there. So circling back into your, your initial question we spoke about right at the start was mindfulness, you know, um, growth mindset. All those, all those words we stuck with at the start. Um I think mindfulness is, is where it all comes back to, you know, like we said, you know, we spoke about the why, we spoke about the why, it's important. But until we give ourselves time to actually do that, it's not going to happen. So what what actually is mindfulness? We hear that word being talked about the whole time. This is my perception of what mindfulness is. So mindfulness is basically the practice of being fully present and being engaged in the present moment. But the important part about, about that there is when you're in that moment, you have no judgment and you have no attachment. 
So what does that mean? That means in that moment that you're just thinking about, you're focusing on your thoughts, what you're feeling, and basically what's going through your body. And at that point in time as well, it's thinking about the environment around you. The key thing is, like I said before, is not to think about judgment and attachment. So what that does for you is it allows you to think about your environment. So where you are, and you look at that environment very, very differently. So you become curious about the environment, you accept the environment it is. But at the start, we spoke about today's world. The problem with today's world is it's so fast-paced, there's so many distractions, so many shiny things all around the place there. So what happens then is um, it takes us away from the it takes away from the ability of being present in the moment because you're like, oh, I need to look at this tweet, I need to look at this Instagram post, and you think about what that person is saying, and you don't take time to think about that there. So I think that's a good, you know, when we think about think about our why, we've got to think about being mindful as we do that practice of our why. Yeah, for me, going through going through my day, definitely that's something I struggle with is is you know swapping from one thing to the next, um, and my wife knows it too because I'll come home and my head's still in work mode, and I've got to swap over, um, and she makes it known to me, and you actually start to fail in different areas um, if you don't, and so um, yeah, that's definitely something key that we've got to do is is we've got to uh be able to just switch um is there is there like some key things that like or is it kind of just different for everybody that uh that help you kind of swap over just kind of help you shut off from one thing to the next what a great question um so there's lots of different ways to do this, but the easiest one that I like to use is one that we can all do. Um, and we're going to do it today. We're going to do it together. Okay, we're going to do it together. And it's, it's a breathing exercise. Because we all breathe. Every single one of us breathes. We don't breathe all over all over, right? So this this tool here, um, forget who, who I learned it off. Um, but we're going to do it together. Basically, it's it's a, it's a practice of holding your breath and becoming aware of your breath, your total breath awareness. So what we're going to do is we're going to breathe in for five we're going to close our eyes. We're going to breathe in for five. I'll do the count. We'll hold for seven. And then we'll breathe out for eight. And we'll do that three times. And I'll do the count for us. Okay, so you can close your eyes. And I just want you to see how you feel. And all I want you to focus on is just focusing on your breath and listen to my my uh, my voice. Okay. So when you're ready, I want you to breathe in for five through your nostrils. So one, two, three. In we go. Five, four, three, two, one, it's hold seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe out for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe in for five, four, three, two, one. Hold seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, breathe out for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe in, five, four, three, two, one. Hold for seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe out, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Whenever you're ready, come back to the conversation, but take your time. And tell me how you both feel.
feel I feel like I need to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I just just a little relaxed over here. How shut the podcast off. Call it a day. Oh. I felt I felt relaxed after breathing in. Closing eyes, breathing in. There was one question going through my mind was why five, seven, and eight and not five, six, seven. <laughs> um <laughs> Other than that, yeah. So I, what did you say? Just kind of relaxing yourself, figuring out how to relax yourself to then focus again. Yeah. So what? So what? You notice that's very easy to do. It's probably less than a minute if we do it. It's less than a minute. So often you asked about if you do this practice here, at any point in your day when you're starting to feel like a bit frazzled, even though you feel relaxed right now, the important thing is you disconnect from everything in the world. Back to our first, first, first statement: all the shiny things out there. You can do this with your eyes open if you want to. You can do it in the car. You can do it in the office. You can do it in the bathroom. But if you do that at some point in the day, it's just going to stop you for that for that one minute or so just to stop reflecting the breath and then go out and see the world in a different way. So that's, I mean, there's so many different ways of doing, doing different mindfulness, but I think this is the easiest one that any one of us can do and incorporate into our lives. And if you, if you do it three times a day, so whichever time of the day you want to do it, you'll see a bit of a change in your in your just the way you, you, you approach the world. So that's a bit of a takeaway there for you if you want to practice. So let me know how you go. Let me know how you go with it. You know, try it for a week. It doesn't have to be too good. You know, maybe in the morning and the evening, whenever, and see how you feel. I'm going to, and how well. I'll send you I'll send you a message when at the end of this next week. We'll see. Well, yeah, I'll do it this next week and the following week. But Yeah. See how you go. So, you know, that's one really, really simple tool. Then there's obviously things like, you know, where to... Um, Journaling, meditation, you know, all those things that will give you mindfulness in that point in time because you're blocking everything off and you're just focusing on, on the internet. But often the thing, the key thing I want to tell everyone out there is when you first start this practice out, you're not going to have a clear mind straight away because it's something that's so new. So like often you're like, oh, why are you questioning? It's a logical brain. Why is it doing, why are doing this here? But as you keep practicing it, those questions disappear because the outcome is greater than the questioning that you're going to have. Got it. That's one of those habits you've got to build now. I'll have to try this breath work thing because I, I've never tried, I've heard of breath work, but this is, this seems like a very good exercise. Do you, do you practice this often? Yeah, breath work is, breath work has become really important in my life. I, I think it's such a powerful, powerful, powerful tool and it's free. <laughs> Each one of us can do it and it doesn't take a lot of time to do it, right? We all breathe all the time. You know, it's free once you know how to do it. You can get a lot from that. Just, you know, just we just did that for short for ten seconds. Actually, not ten seconds, but but less than a minute, and already the two of you already felt relaxed straight away. You know, um, it's pretty hard to find a pull that's going to do that. Straight, you know, just relax you with full control, and then come back again and be fully conscious of what you're doing in the next next ten minutes or whatever. It's something that I it's something that I that I do in my coaching practice as well with my with different clients. You know, depending on. So we can go for half, half an hour breath work and go for an hour. There's, there's different ways of doing it depending on what you want to do. So um, you would have had a boom half, you know. There's, there's so many different ways of doing it. Each bring on a different thing. But um, yeah, happy to talk about that at some other point if you'd like to do that. Yeah, another, another conversation. I, I know we had, we had mentioned at the very beginning of posit- positivity, mindfulness. Um, how do, what, is, what is your approach to positivity in a world that being human? We are obviously 
the negativity is what pushes the media because you know, we're just human and crazy about but um yeah how do you approach positivity and trying to not focus on the negative yeah I'll let Dalton go first and I'll, I'll, what are your thoughts Dalton and then I'll come in my first thoughts are uh, honestly me I'm a very negative person um I <laughs> you wouldn't guess it but I get very I can get very angry very quick not not physically or anything but just verbally speaking I can get very angry over over things um very quickly um so you know a couple of things that keep me positive are one um my regularly scheduled visits to church <laughs> Sunday and Wednesday um is two things that keep me positive being around people that are positive going to a place where um it's 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 going to be positive you know it's going to be positive for me it's a decision every single time you you kind of have to decide okay am i going to get angry or upset about this or am i going to hey that's something out that's out of my control i can't i can't do anything about it so i might as well not waste my energy being negative and might as well use my energy being positive and the majority of the time when you do that, you'll end up being more efficient um, in what you're doing. Um, and so, and I think it's kind of just a, a, a decision each and every day in each and every scenario that we have to decide, okay, I'm going to be positive or I'm going to be negative. Um, and I think the more that we decide to be positive, the the more easy it comes and the more easy it flows through us. Yeah, what one one pleasure of putting in Dalton and a bit of awareness of who you are as a person, you know. And um, I think that's important for us as we talk about positive thinking is that, as you said, Isaac, we're all humans. So what does that mean? That means you're not going to wake up every day feeling positive. You know, this is life. You can't. I think there's a there's a there's a misconception out there that if you're not happy all the time, then something's wrong with you. And if you're not positive all the time, then something's wrong with you. And I think that's the incorrect way of looking at things. And like you said, Dalton, you know. It is very important for us to remember that positive thinking is, doesn't mean that your life is going to be free of difficulty, it's going to be free of challenges, that there's not going to be days when you're feeling sad and down and angry and upset. That's not what positive thinking does. What positive thinking does is it allows you, if you keep practicing it often, often, it allows you to, whenever you have a challenge or a difficulty, it just allows you to think about things with a different way of thinking about it. So as opposed to a reactive attitude, you have a proactive attitude. And it's a way of looking at Life's, you know, life's ups and downs and look at them from a different perspective as opposed to everything is doom and gloom. This doesn't mean that you have to be happy all the time. It just changes the way you think about things. You can be upset about things, but because you have a different way of thinking, your brain starts thinking about things. Okay, cool. Things are doom and gloom. I'm going to be upset and sad, but let's try and find, let's try and find a positive impact on this year. And how do you do that there? You know, how do you actually do this year? And, you know, we all hear about I think reframing is the most powerful power in the whole wide world, which we're not taught about. But, you know, if we start reframing challenges and we look at, you know, we have every one of us has challenges in our life. And instead of us going, oh, these challenges are really bad or terrible, um, you're going to go, cool, what can I learn from this year? What is something that I can learn from this? You know, at work, for example, you go, hey, I've had a bad day at work and you always have bad days at work. But what is what is something positive learned from today's day? And there might be nothing. That's okay. But just ask yourself the question as opposed to, you can ask the question and go, cool, I have nothing positive, great. 
But if you don't ask the question, you just wallow in the in the negativity. Then after that, there you also have you know it's hard for us to do this here. But if you try and find silver linings in 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 anything, you know. So for example, you know I travel quite a bit, and sometimes my planes get cancelled, and it's very easy to get upset and angry. And the silver lining could be, hey, it's okay if it's cancelled because what if there's something wrong with the plane? I'd rather be on the ground than being in the air. You know. Um, so again, it's not it's not about always trying to find things that are positive, but just training your mind to go right. Cool. What is the good thing out of this year? Um, yeah, that's my 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 two cents on that there. But again, the, the important thing I think is for us our list to go. You don't have to be happy all the time. Happy and positive are two different words. And then you can be upset and sad, but still positive. Um, but you don't have to be happy every single day. It'll be great, but you don't have to. I like that. That reframing is powerful. Um, I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but you just said it. You know, you get like a plan canceled and like you think it's the most worst thing. And then sometimes it's like, oh, this actually turned out better that the plan was canceled. Um, and sometimes we get caught up in the moment and we get upset and then we, you know, we're not just taking it in like, well, hey, I can't do anything, so might as well be positive and see what I can do now where I'm at. Um, I, it reminded me of a uh, a story of of the farmer. I don't know who told the story. I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to tell it. Um, there's basically this farmer during, I think it's like World War II or World War I, uh, World War One, and uh, he's uh, World War One time era. And he's got his son out there plowing the field with with the horse and the horse breaks its leg and they have to put the horse down and now he can't plow his field. Um, and the townspeople come along and they go, wow, that's terrible, that's awful. And he says, we'll see. And they go and they get a new horse and they're, they're obviously already behind because they had to go and buy a new horse and now they've spent money um, and they get the new horse and the new horse breaks the farmer's son's leg and the townspeople come along and they say, wow, that's terrible. Now your son, his, his leg is broken and he's, you know, sitting down, he can't do anything. Um, he says, well, we'll see. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the army comes by to recruit his son. Well, they don't want to recruit a guy that can't walk. And so they end up not recruiting him into the war. And so it's kind of, um, not to say that going and serving your country isn't, uh, you know, a good thing, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, definitely being able to, you know, not have to maybe sacrifice your only son to go and serve in the war, you know, um, that's, that's, you know, a good thing. Um, so, you know, it kind of just, everything kind of worked out in a different way. Um, and so you never know what's, what's going to happen next. And so what bad happened to you today could be good for tomorrow. Um, and so kind of just a thought. Never heard that story before. That's a good I one. butchered it, man. Had <laughs> it. <laughs> It was, I think it was a Joe Rogan episode that somebody shared that, um, that story. So you can go find it on one of Joe Rogan's podcasts. Good luck. He's got a thousand videos. 
So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually it's a Chinese fable. It's a Chinese fable, and it's a very very powerful powerful story. Um, again, again, we'll see we'll see what happens. You know, like you said, Dalton, in the story, the family goes, "I oh, will see what happens." And again, a bad thing happened, but he had a positive approach yeah. to it. So I think that the, the emphasis is the bad things are going to happen. It's your approach on what how what's going to happen there. You know, in each of those examples, you could be hysterical, going, "I've lost my, I've lost my horse. Oh, oh my son's broken his back." Different way of looking at it. It's the whole reframing, and I think it's, if we can approach that in every day, again, this is pretty hard. And a bad thing happens, we go, "Is it actually bad?" Well, let me use the word "bad" in better comments here. If something that happens that doesn't go according to whatever you want it to happen, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe something positive is going to come from it, and maybe not. But you know, just your thinking. Yeah. It's like that stoic philosophy or line that was like, if you can't control it, don't worry about it. I mean, it's not exactly what they said, but, you know, if you can't control it, just let it be. And I guess if it, if you find yourself, and this is a realization I had yesterday where I was like, I'm, I can, I'm consuming this this news on social media or this information and I just like sat back and was like what am I going to do with this like all the news in the world like what am I going to do with it <laughs> like uh, um, I think I think Mr. Beast was saying now he uh, got invited to the Titanic the tour on the Titanic and uh, I was like reading that post and I I just sat back and was like, how is this going to affect you? <laughs> this news. Can I tell you something? I had no idea about this whole, this whole, this whole submarine. I didn't know. I had no idea. Someone said to me, they found the submarine. I was like, what are you talking about? I had no idea. And do you know why? Do you know why? Because um, after, during COVID, after COVID, the whole COVID thing, I basically had a pact with myself as to not to watch the news anymore. I don't watch the news anymore. I don't watch the news. I don't. I don't read the news, and apart from sports, but that's different because sports is real. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't write that. Right <laughs> um, I don't write that. Um, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. What's happened is um, I just don't know all the stuff that's happening. Like you know, you speak about the Canadian fires. I have no idea what's happening because right now that's not affecting my world. And this is a very naive way of looking at things. But it's back to what you said, Isaac, you know, um, how is that affecting me today, my day-to-day life? It's not really affecting me. And I go, okay, if something is really important to me, someone is going to tell me. If it's really, really important, you know, this someone can text me or call me and go, hey, this is important for you in your world and, I, and I'll know about it. Um, I know it's not the bright of things, but ever since I stopped reading the news and stopped watching the news and stuff like that, they, the world has changed quite dramatically for me because as we said at the start, the world negativity it's all about negativity and um, and hype everything's hyped up everything's hyped up and even souped up it just gets you in like okay cool i need to get involved in this here but like you said isaac you know these billionaires went to the titan cool that was their choice they made the choice how does it affect me in my non-billionaire house because you know living my life that i'm going to go up for a walk you know this, how does it affect me but that's again that's just my own personal view of the world but it's a good way of looking at the world because uh, who was it that said where it was like most of our anxiety comes from things that will never happen? Oh, 
I, I posted this quote, so I should know it, but like most of our fear comes from things that will never actually even affect us or even happen. So we're watching the news, trying to keep up with what's happening in the world. It's like it comes from a place of fear where if somehow, if we think that somehow we'll know what's happening, we can react to it when in reality, probably 99% of what's going to be posted in the form of news is not actually going to affect us. So I don't, I don't think it's a naive way of looking at it. I think, I think it's probably the best way of looking at it. So I think it's a really good way of kind of going about it. It's just like when, when you start listening and obviously this takes time, time to, to get through, but with the news, I'm a big, you know, I, I, I would follow the news all the time. I still end up catching myself going into it and just getting worked up over nothing I can change. Um, I think that's something that we just have to ask ourselves regularly, even before we start watching the video, like, how's this going to help me? Oh, it's not. Okay. Boom. Gone. I can waste any more, any more of my time on it. Uh, see you later. Um, I think that's just something that we have to do. And I think that helps us in everything that we've literally talked about is, you know, mindfulness, um, uh, being positive and, and growing is not wasting your time on things that aren't going to help you do any of those things. And then it frees up your time to do the yes. things you care about. Cause when, when you look at it, all that wasted time doing those things, we've got a lot of free time back. So yeah. And, and again, you know, it goes down to, we only have 24 hours in a day. Each one of us 24 hours a day. How do you need your 24 hours? You know, um, do you want to spend their time chasing shiny things? Do you want to spend that time listening to the news? Do you want to spend that time focusing on yourself and your growth and people around you that are important? Um, do you want to focus on things you can't control or things you can't control? Do you want to focus on making yourself a better person? You know, those are choices that you make, but all those choices come down to our very initial question that we had here is what is your why? What is your intention? I, my intention to listen to the news is because I want to be involved and we'll build the conversation at work with about news. Cool. There's your intention right there. That's happy. No, we're not thinking it's a bad thing. But once you know what your intention is, then you know why you did want to be a toy. Yep. Exactly. Finding your why. Find your why. Ask why more often. Before we go, I just want to challenge all our listeners out there just to try that breathing practice on. Very simple. Five, seven, eight very easy to do and then at the bottom of the comments whenever this is posted let let, let us know how you found that practice there but also to hear you about and again thank you Isaac and Dalton thank you again Purdue appreciate it my pleasure I'll link up all of uh, Purdue's socials and, and stuff in the in the comments so feel free to check them out guys